Hello, and welcome to the MACD Career Conversations podcast, where we talk to career people about their careers. My name is David Driver, and today my guest is Lori Sutherland. Lori, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, David. I'm really happy to be here. Excellent. So just to start off, can you just introduce yourself and just let us know where you're currently working and what your main role and duties are there? Sure. Uh, So I kind of wear a few hats. Um, My day job, by day, (laughs) I am a career counselor at Osborne Village Resource Centre, which is uh, in those of, you know, our audience that are in Winnipeg, you're probably familiar with it. It's a pre-employment services centre that's been around for about 26 years now serving the Winnipeg community and we're one of the few, in fact, the only agency that's funded to provide not just the employment services, but sort of resume writing, interview skills, all of that sort of stuff, but career planning, the helping people figure out what is it that they want to do. So I'm one of the two career uh, counselors there and there's three employment specialists. That's just a fabulous place to be working um, and I love that. So that's by day. (laughs) (laughs) By night and by weekend, um, I also have my own consulting practice um, that I really love. Something I've long wanted to do, and it's been a real joy to to do that. So, yeah, so I wear two hats. So, you know, Sutherland Career Services by night, Lori Sutherland Career Counselor at Osborne Village Resource Centre by day. Awesome. So it's a 24-hour experience for you. You never sleep. (laughs) I do sleep occasionally. That Uh, is required, apparently. How long have you uh, done the private practice for? That's something fairly recent, actually. I've been thinking about it, planning it, um, and then life uh, has thrown curves at various times, of course. Uh, And so I really officially launched it this year. Okay, excellent. Um, So before we get to all that, let's go all the way back to the beginning. So, Lori, were you born in Manitoba? I was born in Winnipeg, um, and I'm the only one in my family who was. Uh, my fam- parents grew up on farms outside of uh, Saskatoon, so real prairie roots. Mm-hmm. Uh, my older siblings were born in Saskatchewan. I happened to be born Uh-oh. here while my dad was uh, working here and spent my early childhood basically in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, from the t- age six to 16, we lived here in Winnipeg, went back to Saskatchewan for my high school, did my first year of university in Halifax, my second year of university in Saskatchewan. And then I finally said, hmm, I want to go back to Winnipeg. And I've been here since I was 21, which is a few decades ago now. Yeah. Wow. So a couple of address changes there. So I guess you moved to Saskatchewan in high school. I guess that was from your parents' influence. Yes, dad. My dad got a job uh, in in Regina. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was the last sibling at home. I'm the baby of the family. And so my mother and myself and my father packed it up and went to Regina and I did my high school. Yeah. So so when you were in high school, did you have an idea of what you wanted for a career? Was there anything percolating or was it just (laughs) going with the flow, just trying to adjust to the new life of uh, (laughs) Saskatchewan? Well, yes, Regina, which is different than Saskatoon, let me tell you. We could mm-hmm. do a whole conversation just about that. But anyway, we won't, <laughs> in case there's some people from Regina yeah. uh, in the audience tonight. So um, what, I, in my very, very early years, not unusual for somebody with 
my personality, I wanted to be an actress. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I did finally give that idea up. Uh, by the time I hit high school, one of the things I was thinking about was law. And I did, I always tell the story that, that I did my first informational interviewing, which is a tool I use all the time now with clients and with my own career changes, because I'm on my fifth career. Uh, I wanted to, I thought about law and my dad happened to know a judge in the family court system in mm. Saskatchewan in Regina. And she said, well, why don't you maybe speak with her? And so I, her name was uh, Judge Andrachuk. She let me, she was part of the family court system. She let me sit in on her court. I did an informational interview with her and she set me up to do an informational interview with an articling student. And I came away from that and went, no, I don't want to do law. Oh, instantly. <laughs> but, okay. So, <laughs> but, but what I realize now and what I tell people is you need to talk to at least 10 people before mm. you decide. Like one informational interview with one articling student doesn't give you the whole picture. I probably still had I talked to 10 different lawyers or, you know, articling students or judges or whatever, everybody involved in the career of law, I probably still would have decided against it, but I didn't have enough information. Yeah. The next thought I had was I, I had always enjoyed um, being creative, doing artwork. But I was never, in my mind, a very good artist. In high school, I did uh, clay. I happened to be in a high school that had a full pottery studio. It would totally be illegal now, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, you know, from an environmental and health point of view. Yeah. You know, kiln in the corner with a little bit of a ventilation hood. Like, you'd never be allowed to do that now. But I no. loved it. Uh, so I thought, I, I sort of toyed with the idea of going into fine arts, decided against it. And really went with the idea of um, the the thing that's been the theme in my life, I guess, which is my theme all along has been what I like to do is work with individuals who are traveling the journey of life and find themselves getting stuck somewhere along it and then providing a helping hand to get them from that place that they are stuck at that moment, give them uh, some tools, some inspiration, whatever, to move them to where they want to go. So because of who I am, my personality, um, my interpersonal skills, my relationship building skills, it was a natural thing to decide that I wanted to go into psychology. Okay. And that's yeah. what I started. Um, I decided to go into psychology with the plan when I started to become a child psychologist was oh. the, the ultimate goal I had in mind. It's not what happened, but that's what I started <laughs> with. <laughs> and is that what brought you to Halifax? I guess when you were looking at schools, did you want to move away? Was that something that was in your plan or you were just thinking about, you know, what's the best school for me or um, was that your oh, decision to Halifax? go to Halifax? Halifax was just one of those serendipitous things. Um, my dad, through his work, met uh, the president of the University of King's College, which is a small university sitting on the edge of the Dalhousie campus. And it's the oldest uh, university in the Commonwealth outside of the United Kingdom. Okay. Well. And uh, they have 
couple of main two programs basically and the and the, the program that i went for was what's called the foundation year program and what they do is they explore the development of western civilization from the ancient greeks to modern times in one year and instead of breaking it into separate courses like history and philosophy and things they they look at the time period and you look explore everything at the same time, what was happening in philosophy, religion, architecture, etc. And you do it by era mm-hmm. up until modern times. And it sounded like just the most fantastic grounding. Um, and that's what took me to Halifax. Okay. And then I think by your story there, you were only there for your first year. Is that correct? And then yes. you moved back to Winnipeg. So what's the, what's the reasoning Actually, behind that? Actually, not Winnipeg. It was, oh. then it was Saskatoon. Oh, you went back to, okay. <laughs> My parents uh, had moved from Regina to Saskatoon while I was away in Halifax, bless them. Uh, and so I came back and they were in Saskatchewan in Saskatoon. I went to the University of, uh, of Saskatchewan, which is in Saskatoon, which is probably the most beautiful campus uh in canada if anybody's ever seen it it's gorgeous um and so i did i did uh a year there and and that's you know i started uh psychology courses and philosophy and all the basic humanities Mm. yeah uh why did you decide to leave it's called love david oh my goodness (laughs) yes um so i moved to winnipeg for love Am I with that love? No. Uh, However, (laughs) it is what brought me to Winnipeg. And um, I wound up pursuing the rest of whatever university I've done since has been here. And and even that was a patchwork. When when you really add it all up, David, I finally got my Bachelor of Arts degree because I took Mm -hmm. a turn uh, partway through. I was doing my BA in psychology with the expectation of going right through. Then I was, at that time, the department was very focused on research, which was not my interest. My interest was counseling and therapy. And so then I didn't have very good career counseling. Somebody suggested social work would be better. So I left the faculty did a year of social work, loved the courses. But when I realized what the practical application was, I said, no, that's not it either, mm-hmm. and left. Um, and then took a complete detour in terms of my career. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I became a potter for a period. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I have a real mixture in terms of my background. Eventually, I went back completed my BA with a major in psychology, minor in sociology, but I always say I have enough undergraduate courses for at least one and a half yeah, bachelor yeah. arts degrees. So. Was that experience worthwhile to you? Was that too chaotic? Was that, I guess you're moving different locations, you're going to different places. If you could do that all over again, would you think about uh, focusing on one specific thing or staying at one specific mm-hmm. place? Or is that something that you look back on fondly? That's a really good question. It's a really good question. Um, Part of me says everything that I have done and everything that I have experienced has contributed to who I am now, to the experiences, the knowledge that I have, the perspectives I have. Uh, If I hadn't had that, um, I wouldn't be who I am. So Mm -hmm. on the one hand, I go, no, I, I don't regret it. On the other hand, 
if I had my life to live over again and I'd had proper career counseling or I knew I knew the questions to ask or I knew to ask enough people to get enough perspectives instead of listening to one or two people say, oh, well, you should do this. Um, if I had my life to live over again, I think probably going right through and continuing with my psychology um, studies um, and at least getting my master's, if not my PhD, would have oh, been wow. a great option. Mm -hmm. Another option would have been educational psychology. But uh, on the other hand, I now have a career for the last 10 years that I've been in career development that I don't think you could have a career that suits me better than this one. Yeah. And I yeah. feel completely passionate about it. A hundred percent, like it fits me like a glove. And I am able to bring to this career now everything that I've experienced prior to it. So yeah. it is my fifth career and everything I have done. Yeah. It contributes to my perspective. I have a broader perspective, I think. Yeah. So that's a really hard thing to answer. Yeah. <laughs> It was a hard question, so I apologize. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. No, hard questions are good. I like hard questions. That's a very fascinating part of your history, though, too. So looking back at your university career and that career counseling that you received that you didn't respond to so warmly, do you ever look back on that experience? And does that ever influence how you do things now or how you've kind of formulated uh, you know, your strategy and your style where I don't want to do what that person did to me? Is that ever, did that ever reach your mind? Did that ever like come across as a thought of yours? Well, first of all, I didn't have any career counseling. Mm -hmm. There was no career counseling that I knew of. Yeah. So it's the lack of career counseling yeah. that, that was really what impacted me. And so I really appreciate when people do come and say, I'm looking for some direction. So that's part of it. Uh, that informational interviewing I did when I was like 16 I've continued to do my entire life mm -hmm. and it is one of the tools that I really encourage people yeah. I work with to do, uh, to talk to as many people as you possibly can. Um, so that's, that is part of it. The other thing I think that it has really taught me is that who we are when we start out, however many directions we go in, there's a certain essential part of ourselves that remains the same. What drives us, what motivates us, um, our essential core, I think, remains the same. And being true to that, who, what your essential core of selfhood is, is something I am extremely passionate about people connecting to, mm, yeah. honoring, respecting, and creating the space to allow that to flourish because that's where I think true satisfaction and meaning and who we are, our place in this world and the work that we do comes from. And it's honoring that. And I've been very, very lucky as circuitous as my route has been to be able to wind up in the place that I always wanted to be is a tremendous gift. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Uh, just to think about, you know, people are who they are in some ways, there's certain aspects of who you are. There's certain aspects of your personality that, you know, in we in career, when we're trying to help people out, they might have their own roadblocks just because of who they are. But yeah, that's a really good point to embrace 
who you are. Because some things you can change, some habits you can form, but there's some ways about working with others where it's just playing to their strengths. I agree, absolutely. I think, yeah, I, I, I'm a big believer in be authentically who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a philosophy that I work by, I live by, which is I do believe everyone is a genius in the right context. It's just identifying what your unique genius is. And that's different for every single person. Yeah. And then in what context will you shine? And that's, that's the challenge and the beauty of career development is helping people see the wonder that they are, the amazing uh, beings that they are, um, yeah. the unique combinations of personalities, skills, interests, values, dreams, hopes, aspirations, experiences, all of that. Um, helping them see how amazing they are and helping them articulate the kind of context that they will really thrive in and shine. And that's just the best. I think it's, I think it's the second most important job in the world that I get to do. I do. I'm, yeah, absolutely I'm, I, I'm right. I'm right there with you. I'm in your same profession. Absolutely. We should get more credit. I think the most important job in the world, obviously, is saving people's lives, right? Sure, yeah. Can't compete with that. No. But once once somebody has a life, (laughs) having the gift and the opportunity to help them uh, create the life that has the most meaning for them, there's nothing more important than that. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. So, I mean, uh, Cupid's arrow firmly hits you and you're back in Winnipeg. Uh, where did you go from there? So you're back in this place. Um, did you have ideas at that point you wanted to be in career or did you start somewhere else? Oh, no. But where was your first Winnipeg excursion? Oh, heavens. No. <laughs> I, remember, this is career number five. Yeah. Okay. I only came into this 10 years ago. Yep. And I am not the youngest person in this Zoom call, shall we say. <laughs> so, well, thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. So I think my first job once I arrived is I worked as a healthcare aide briefly. Oh, okay. Um, and then I wound up um, starting university. Um, going into, into, uh, social, well, not social work into psychology, started my undergrad at the U of M in psychology, wound up working, uh, for an agency, um, at that time. So this is the early eighties. This is just how old I really am. So in the early eighties, there, there was a movement at that time, the deinstitutionalization movement had really um, come into the fore. So prior to that, people born with significant developmental disabilities were generally institutionalized. So St. Amant uh, was one uh, in Portage, right? There was a large institution, Selkirk, et cetera. So there'd been a huge movement to bring people home and to bring them out of the institutions and create living situations as well as bring them into the classroom, all of that sort of stuff. So I happened to come in to social services and work for an organization that was working in um, the living situation, creating individualized living situations for people depending on what their unique needs were. So that was where I started, social services. And in the course 
of my education, of course, did my psychology, realized, oh, I don't want to be doing a whole bunch of assessments with people. I really want to be helping them. Did the social work, as I mentioned before, mm-hmm. loved coursework, but no, I do not want to be doing the actual practical uh, sort of the, those roles weren't what I wanted. And so then I took one of those detours and went back to my love of working with clay. And I worked on, I was a potter for a few years. Really? Oh, yes. I had a business. That part of the story came back. (laughs) Out of the basement. My business was called out of the basement. I was living with my husband at the time and in a house where in the basement was my studio. And um, I did that for a few years. Loved Loved, loved it, but realized at some point that I was never going to be the quality of potter I wanted to be because to do it to the level I wanted to, you have to embrace the chemistry. And I just, that was not me. But what I discovered along the way was that because I got to know a lot of the people in the artistic community here, particularly in the you know craft community, that most people who made the stuff said, oh, I just want to make it. I just want to be in my studio. I I don't want to be marketing. And I went, "Mm, I could do that. I could do the marketing piece. And I started a business. And again, this is back in the last century, David, going back in time. Yeah, I'm keeping track. I I got it down. Yeah, I got it. I started a business called Distinctive Dimensions. And what I did is I marketed work by Manitoba artists and craftspeople to the corporate community. And I did that for seven years. And I'm very proud of that business. It was a great experience. I um, had a fairly high profile in the business community at the um, Winnipeg Chamber of Commerce. Um, I did the special gifting for Mayor Susan Thompson for the Speaker of the House at the time. It was a wonderful, wonderful experience. I loved it. Yeah, well. And it was a very, I won an Entrepreneur of the Year Award partway in there as well, Manitoba Entrepreneur of the Year Award. Um, so it was just a, a fabulous experience and I loved it. Um, but then I got to be a parent. I got to be a mom and I knew I couldn't do both the way I wanted to and I sold the business. But oh. I loved it. So, And I'm glad I had that business experience. That was That was great. Was that a tough decision? Like, did you know right away that this is something that you wanted to sell? Or was there a, a big period of where, I don't know if what, which way I want to go with it? Or was that just easy as I'm selling it? It, it was something that at that point, um, having the experience of being a mom and a hands-on mom, um, I was getting a little bit older at that mm-hmm. point. I knew that I may only get to do this once, and it is how it turned out. I only got to have one child. And I didn't want to miss out on the experience of those first moments. And I and the business, the way I did it, which if I went back in time, I'd do it quite differently now, Okay, was I, I, I did everything in the business. Uh, I didn't, you know, there's a, a philosophy in business. You either work on the business or work in the business. And really successful people work on it and bring people in to do some of the tasks. I did everything. So I worked in the business and I couldn't do it to the level and the quality that was important to me. And then also have the experience of being 
a parent that I wanted to. I was done at that point and okay. I sold it. And um, then the chapter of being a mom opened up. Um, so you took some time off completely uh, to parent? Yeah. Yeah. I did. I was a I was I was I was a stay-at-home mom. I you know, did the whole domestic goddess thing, you know? <laughs> I, I I cooked everything that my family ate. I was made from scratch. I remember wow. friends coming over and me making hot chocolate for the kids and the kids kind of looking kind of like this is different and their mom's saying it's from scratch. It's not out of yeah, a jar. Yeah. You know, it was just kind of like, oh, this is what hot chocolate really tastes like. Yeah, you're anyway, making me look so, bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but that's that's just what I did, and and uh, I enjoyed it uh, at the time. And then my husband at the time uh, had his own business, and he he wanted me to participate in the office management piece, bring some of my uh, business skills into it. And so I did wind up sort of gradually going back into working um, in partnership with him doing the office management uh, and so on. So then that was another career I had <laughs> until I decided uh, about 10 years ago that I wanted uh, to make a career change completely. Yeah. And, and is this where I guess, is this where the idea of career counseling comes in? Yes, absolutely. This is one of those just absolutely tripped over it and went, oh my gosh, I didn't even know this existed. Oh, really? Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, what happened was I was looking for T4 employment, shall we say, having you know been doing entrepreneurship and self-employment for a long period of time. And... I had a Bachelor of Arts degree, major in psychology, minor in sociology. You can't go and get a job with that necessarily. It's a great <laughs> foundation, but it's not like, oh, I have an education degree or I have you yeah, know, exactly. a, a nursing, uh, I can go in to be a nurse. So I literally started this is, and then uh, it's almost embarrassing because I had no, I knew what my skills were. I knew I had very good interpersonal skills, relationship building skills, communication skills. But I, so I knew what my skills were, but I didn't know what I could do with them. So I'm kind of embarrassed to say that basically what I did was every Saturday by the Winnipeg Free Press, flip through it to the career section, toss everything else in the recycling bin and yep. look through the want ads. And I started to, to look for ads where I went, well, I could do that. And I stumbled across an ad for what was then called the Society for Manitobans with Disabilities, and it was called an Employment Development Specialist. And the ad described it as someone who would take, um, so that they worked with individuals with disabilities who had gone through a vocational rehabilitation process to assess what they could do. So the Employment Development Specialist was to take that plan verify with the client whether or not that's what they wanted to do and then build relationships with employers and help ease them into employment and i looked at that job description and went oh i could do that oh i'd be really good at that yeah what the heck is that yeah <laughs> and then i googled employment services in winnipeg and then all these different agencies came up and i pulled out the 
informational interviewing card. Yeah. Started calling them up. Yeah. Started reaching out and doing informational interviews. And one of the places I called was the Winnipeg Transition Center. And I wound up doing an informational interview there. Wound up actually the person that first answered the phone was Tracy Edgar, who was the program manager of it. And I explained what, who I was, why I was calling. And she said, by the way, did you know that we're looking for an employment counselor? And I said, well, I saw the ad, but I thought by the date, I'd miss the opportunity. She said, actually, we've extended it to the end of the month. So this was at the beginning of October in 2011. And I wound up having an informational interview with Ross Young, who was the senior career counselor there at the time. And he said, well, since you're job searching anyway, why don't you come into our program? So it was the Employment Assistance Resource Services, the EARS program that yeah, the yeah. Big Transition Center was so famous for. So I went through the program and before the program was over, they interviewed me for the position and I got hired. Oh, wow. And I, they hired me with zero experience. But what a great place to start your career in career counseling in Winnipeg. Absolutely. I got phenomenal training, worked with an amazing team. And that's that's where my career started. That's crazy. So you're going through the program there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did they see in you? Was there anything that you kind of reached across the table and said, you know, my previous experience is this, this, and this, or did they see a certain skill set in you or um, because yeah, for you to have no experience and, you know, just to find out about this profession recently. <laughs> Absolutely none. What did they see uh, in you, Lori? I think it, it was, it was just one of those serendipitous, you know, happenstance, the theory career development happenstance yeah, yeah. Uh, theory um, in action. So they were exactly what I was looking for and I was exactly what they were looking for at the time. So yes, I think it was because they got to know me quite well. The, the ears program is a fairly intensive program, you know, uh, where you're, you're going through, you're in class together all day. Uh, There's, uh, Oh, I have to remember now. I think it's six days all together that you're, you're actually in class together over a two week period. So they certainly saw me in action. Mm-hmm. And so they got they they recognized that I had the foundational skills required to do this job well, uh, which is the empathy, the ability to listen to others, to reflect back what others are saying, um, to see the gift that each person is. They operate from a set of values that was very in keeping with my own. Um, so yeah, no, it's definitely my personality, my way of being, my attributes that they liked. And they were what I was looking for, um, which was I wanted to work in a place that fit with my values, that every person walking through the door, regardless of where they came from, was deserving of equal respect and dignity. Mm -hmm. And they absolutely lived by that. And that the purpose of us being there was to hear what people needed and then give them the tools they needed to move on to what they wanted to do. And it was a small team. It was a tight team. And it was a phenomenal first job in the field. Absolutely. I I was extremely lucky. It must have been very flattering for them to spot you like that and to say, hey, I think you'd be perfect here. So so you built some experience there. where does the story go from here? Do you go immediately now to Osborne Village? Or is there some other no. the other steps along the way? 
And again, the clay, gift, back to clay. <laughs> no, no clay, no clay. Um, the gift of of my ten years, because it's it's ten years now that I've been in this field, is I have had a nice range of experiences within it. So I was at Winnipeg Transition Center. Oh, you know, people who keep track of dates would know that better than I do. I think it was three years. Look at my LinkedIn real quick, David. Yeah, Tell me yeah, that it wasn't yeah. three years. We'll fact check years. it. I'll, I'll enter in yeah. the answer later. Yeah. Uh, then I wound up um, going to Manitoba Start oh, and really? working there. I One of the things that came out of my work at Winnipeg Transition Center is we worked with a number of newcomer clients. About one third of the clients that came through our doors were immigrant newcomer clients. And I developed a real passion for working with them. Um, I happened to have a philosophy, a belief that uh, I was very lucky to be born in this country. There's a tremendous amount of opportunity. We do it very imperfectly but we do operate from a certain set of values that I treasure. I wanted people who chose to come to this country to feel welcomed and to also be given the skills they needed to make a good entry into um, this country that they had adopted for, for themselves as well as for us. Right. So that that the integration is is positive. And I've I absolutely fell in love with working with the newcomer clients. So an opportunity became available to go and work at Manitoba Start where that's what they do exclusively. They're working with immigrant newcomer clients. And I was there for a few years. Three, four, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to stop and look at my LinkedIn. It's just a blur, um, a big happy blur. Well, it, it just, I just, I, do, I just love what I'm doing at the time, and I don't, I don't track it. I have yeah. friends, and I very purposely have friends who have very good memories because yeah, I don't, yeah. Yeah. and they track the details. And I'll turn to them and say, "Okay, so when did that happen?" And they'll fill me in, and I go, "Great, great, good." Um, and then I had the opportunity to work. Uh, for an entrepreneur, Tracy Ducharme, who has a business called, um, uh, oh, shoot, it's just gone out of my head for a second, uh, Disability and Career Management. Okay. <laughs> uh, Veritas, Disability and Career Management Services. Apologies to Tracy for forgetting <laughs> the name off the top of my head. That's okay. Um, she, she, her her business is very specific. She's working with clients who are on disability and, and doing employment services and vocational rehabilitation. But she had a number of people that she felt she had a lot of opportunity potentially to develop a private career planning, career counseling arm. So she brought me on board to do that. And we did that for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't enough business really mm. to keep me on board. Um, but I learned so much again there. Um, it was good exposure to the voc- rehab side of things. I really was able to focus on something that became my new passion, which was the career planning piece. Mm, so yeah. up until then, I'd been really working on the employment piece. Resume, cover letter, how do you market yourself? Yeah, uh, All of that stuff. But what I developed a passion for was everything that leads up prior to that which is what do I want to do that exploration you know so I I developed some of those skills um, was certified in MBTI Myers-Briggs type indicator strong interest inventory 
a couple of tools used a lot in career planning. Mm-hmm. And then, then, then I wound up <laughs> moving to uh, uh, an opportunity came up to go to Osborne Village Resource Center, which yeah. could not have been a better option for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, just hearing about your story and just thinking about your path here, it seems like you have a great intuition. You kind of know, I don't know if you would agree with this or not. Do you know right away whether you enjoy something or not enjoy something? It seems like right away you kind of had that knack, that feeling for like, if this is right for you or not. I don't know if you would agree with that. I can't do something that I don't feel that affinity for, that alignment with. That's who I am. I, and yes, uh, I think as anybody who knows me uh, would say that one thing I am guided by quite uh, definitely is my intuition. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's led me, everything has led to the next thing has led to the next thing. And it, it all has had a purpose. Yeah. And it's, and it's everything. I wouldn't be where I am doing what I'm doing if I hadn't had everything that preceded it. Yeah. And is this a skill that you think that can be taught? I'm just thinking about if teaching someone career, career planning specifically, I think intuition would be a very important feature in terms of knowing where to go, having that feeling of this is right for me. This is not right for me. Is that something that's strictly a personality trait or do you feel that's something that, that can be taught? I'm just thinking about, cause you seem to be so in tune with that. I don't know if there's some way for you to pass that on to somebody else, or if that's just strictly like, you know, you know, what's right, you know, what's not right. Or I think there's a, we all have such really unique personality combinations, right? And not everybody, you know, not everybody has intuition as a as a strong element uh, mm-hmm. of of who they are. I don't think you can interject a high level of intuition into somebody who doesn't have it. But somebody who doesn't have a high level of intuition has other gifts mm-hmm. that I may not have that are also very valuable. Right. Um, But I think you can do a certain amount of training to help people connect the dots. So that's what intuition allows you to do. Yeah. Is it it is it helps you see the possibilities. It helps you see the connections and the relationships between things that other people don't necessarily on their own. And I do think there's a certain amount of that that you can teach. Yeah, I I, I think. But there is a point at which that particular way of being is, it's a, it's, you might as well ask me to stop breathing as to ask me to stop being that way. Yeah. And And if somebody wanted to be in career services, if somebody wanted to get their foot in the door, what types of advice would you give them? I happen to think that career services is the sort of thing you can come at from a million different directions. And I hope a lot of people come from a million different directions because if you have had some experiences before you start in career development, you're a better career development practitioner. Mm -hmm. I think I'm a better career development practitioner because I have 
experienced the, the nonprofit world. I've experienced private enterprise, entrepreneurship. Um, because of the years of experience doing a variety of things, that has really informed my ability to work with a much broader audience than I would otherwise. I've also know what it's like to job search mm-hmm. and how demoralizing it is <laughs> yep. and tough it is. And I have, I have job searched since coming into this field and, yeah. and I happen to be someone who's fairly articulate, fairly outgoing, fairly resourceful, and I have found it demoralizing. So it's been, it's, it's really good to know what it's like to be on different sides of the table. So mm-hmm. I think people should come into this field, not right away, but yeah. after having a variety of experiences. And when they come into it, think about what's the arena you want to be in? Because there's so many different ways to do career development. There's so Absolutely. many different groups to work with so many different ways to go at it again what works for you what fits for you what's your passion and get some really good training get Mm -hmm. some really good solid training absolutely and there's a lot of great places in winnipeg to do that absolutely oh and winnipeg and beyond absolutely yeah uh, one of the final questions I wanted to ask you, one thing that uh, the first way I was ever introduced to you, Laurie, is because you were the MC of the Let's Get to Work conference. So I did just want to have a quick question about that in terms of uh, how long you've been doing that for and what drew you to that, because that is um, very interesting, a big public speaking type of hosting situation. How did that come about and what interests you in that? Actually, that would be another piece of my advice for somebody in career development, which is get involved professionally, not Mm -hmm. just in what your job is, but get involved in the career development community. And so I've been involved in the Manitoba Association for Career Development since its inception, because I have the great gift of working alongside Anika Hanford, who was Mm -hmm. really um, the person who had the vision for starting uh, the Manitoba Association for Career Development so many years ago when we worked together at the Winnipeg Transition Center. So I've been involved in the association from its inception. And then of course, uh, the Manitoba Association for Career Development uh, wound up taking over Let's Get to Work, which was started by CareerTrack and has been around for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wound up being on the steering committee that helps that that puts the conference together and i i again dates i don't know how long have i been doing this uh at least a year so i no it's been yeah I yeah think at least a year the fourth year maybe yeah as long as i've been attending i remember you emceeing so that's how i, yeah, I know so, of you, yeah. and and that's how it happened david it was as simple as i'm on the steering committee and they're they're talking about DMC and I said, "Well, I could do that." And, and everybody's practically falling out of their chairs. Really? Will you do that? And I'm kind of going, "Yeah." Like, like, what's the big deal? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'd be, really? You'd like to do that? So I did it the first year, which I think is four years ago, and not quite realizing what the role was. And I was halfway through the day going, "Okay, if they let me do this again, I will do this." so differently next time. And I remember walking into the room where we debrief and I said, 
would you give me the chance to do it next year? And he said, oh, please, would you do it next year? I said, okay, because I'm going to do it. I, now I get it. It yeah. took that first year for me to realize what the role of MC was. I, I really had no idea. Mm-hmm. And it's a role I love. Yeah. I love emceeing that conference. I love the conference. I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate about connection. I'm passionate about the community we have here. And I love emceeing that conference. Mm -hmm. And it's been a real gift for me to be able to do it. And they keep letting me do it. And again, I'm going to be doing it this year again. (laughs) And I'm so lucky. They haven't haven't fired me yet, Dave. No, there you go. You must be doing something right. (laughs) Well, so far, so good. We'll see. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up because I just wanted to compliment you on how great of a job you do at these conferences and just very fascinating where it takes a lot of guts. But again, that's more of a personality thing where some people are just very drawn to public speaking, standing up in front of a crowd, whereas it sounds like some other people. Okay, thank you so much, Lori. Um, that was an excellent conversation. Um, before I let you go today, though, we have one last task to complete. It is our impossible trivia question. Uh, just to I'm prove- crap at trivia, David. Uh, well, just to prove that we in career, we don't have all the answers. Here I have this impossible trivia question. So, Lori, are you ready? I'm going to be as ready as I'll ever be. Okay. All right. Wolf of Wall Street, released in 2013. Have you seen that movie before? Leonardo DiCaprio? No. No? Even if you did, you wouldn't get this right. Okay. Uh, it, w- it was nominated for Best Picture at the 86th Academy Awards. It holds the record for the most profanity ever in a film. Lori, how many swear words does The Wolf of Wall Street have? Oh, okay. So it's probably an hour and a half long. It's uh, 180 minutes long. It's 180 minutes. Yeah. So uh, let's assume that every minute <laughs> there was a swear word. Sure. Because that's pretty darn easy to do. Yeah. I'd say 180. 180. Uh, the film officially has 687 swear words. Sorry. Uh, Did they say anything else other than swear words? I'm not sure. I haven't read the script, but I don't think there's room for anything else. Uh, this is the official statistic. It's it's 3.8 swear words in a minute. Holy cow! And it was nominated okay. for best picture. So there you go. There you go. I don't think it won. It didn't win. No, it didn't. So thank you for not swearing in this conversation, Lori. That was excellent. Thank you so much for having me, David. It's been a real pleasure. All right. Take care, Lori. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye. For more information on MACD, including professional development, conferences, and other opportunities, please visit our website at www.macd-mb.org.